0: So Gunner, we're going to be changing the uh, format a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, we might even have to get a new domain name. Um, so instead of the Dave and Gunner Show, now it's mm-hmm. going to be the Dave and Dave and Gunner Show for this episode. The DDG Show. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, you better hurry up and reserve that domain.
1: After <laughs> that, I'll be right back.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, because we got uh, a special guest star on this episode, uh, Mr. Uh, Dave Saran from our uh, cu- uh, customer experience organization is that is it my is that right dave The CEO? that's correct yeah yes yeah. sir all right so so dave welcome to the show thank you guys yeah so so tell us about yourself how you know what, what you do at red hat how you uh how you got to red hat your journey and all that, that um fascinating story sure yeah,
2: um, you know, so I'm a technical account manager here at Red Hat, uh, part of the uh, CEE team, um, uh, more specifically the uh, Strategic Customer Engagement Team (SCE). Um, oh wait, so you know, CEE?
1: We, this is actually this is a new phrase for us, right? Because we used to just call you guys yes. support, but you guys don't do support right. anymore, right? Now we do what? What is it? Experience? S- what is it?
2: Yeah. So CEE is um, uh, the customer the customer experience team. And the, the um, SCE is the Strategic Customer Engagement Team. Ah, I got So you. Okay. Um, uh, the, the SCE team, uh, w- we are your TAMs and SRMs.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so wait, TAMs, TAMs and SRMs. So TAMs yep. is, I've heard that at other so companies, that's Technical Account Manager, right?
2: Yes, sir. And okay. SRM and then, is a uh, Support Relationship Manager.
1: Those sound real similar.
2: Yes. Uh, they're fairly similar. Um, so basically the, the only, um, overlap between a TAM and an SRM, uh, is we will help maintain the, the ticket queue for the customer. Right. Um, so we make sure that cases, uh, you know, cases don't breach their SLA. Um, we make sure that the right people, uh, get tasked to the cases, um, you know where we can and mm-hmm. um you know from there the tams go even further uh you know we're we're there really as a, a strategic resource um for our customers uh you, you know we we really try and um you know, you know get them to look at us as a member of their team right mm-hmm.
1: uh, oh i see. okay so i'm getting this so so the srm is like a support concierge uh and a tam is like uh, your man Friday.
2: Yeah, that's actually probably probably a good way of, a good way of putting it. Okay, it's probably cool. a very, right, a very okay. good way of putting it.
1: Okay, good or great. I just made that up so that I'm glad I was right. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's very different than say like there's a customer that's new to Red Hat. They buy one uh, subscription to Red Hat Enterprise Linux and then they call the hotline. Um, are they? Do they get a TAM too, or or how how does that all you know? What is the progress between uh, of the the customer experience with Red Hat going from um, just consuming a subscription to uh, getting NSRM and getting a TAM? How how does it, how does somebody grow and evolve in that manner, and and how does yeah. that work?
2: So, um, essentially, essentially you, you you kind of reach a certain size, um, and and it it tends to go along a spend limit you know, if you have so many entitlements and disparate entitlements as well, you know, you're using several of our, our, uh, you know, different product lines. Um, you know, the, the first step typically is, you know, you, you may, you may get an SRM, right. Right. Um, you know, some, somebody to kind of help, help you, um,
0: work within the support infrastructure to get the, get the resources you need.
2: Yeah. Um, So I, I guess
0: like at first, if you have like one rel subscription, you and you're a small shop. You you know you call the hotline. You talk to a different person every time, and uh, that's okay. And then eventually yep. you grow a little bit more, and then it 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 may make sense to have that concierge service, as Gunner said, of an SRM, right, to help wrangle and group all the tickets and help you track them, right?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because once you know, once you hit a certain size, mm-hmm. um, your problem set gets a bit more complicated. That, that SRM is going to help you get, again, get those correct resources on a case, um, to be able to handle the difficult problems. Then the TAM steps in, you know, at, at another level and a TAM is a premium resource. Uh, a TAM is a paid for resource, Mm -hmm. um, you know, within Red Hat, we, you know, we, we are a line item on, uh, you know, on your yearly renewal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and as such you know we're we're there to hopefully help keep those difficult problems from occurring. We encourage our customers to engage us early and engage us often even if you're just batting around an idea around the water cooler about hey you know let's look at you know implementing Red Hat storage, mm-hmm. let us know and, and you know we can we can start having those conversations and, and be able to make sure um, you know our customers have all the information they need to make a, a, a sound choice.
0: Yeah, so
1: that's that's I guess the S in strategic, right? Yep, that's ex- uh, that's exactly right. What I like about this is is also that it's a uh, is it's by subscription. Like I, I know when I first learned that you guys were not like you guys weren't uh, sold like hourly. You guys were an annually renewable um, like thing, um, yep. and I was like, well, that's weird. And then I realized that it that actually that that is. I realize that that works out perfectly because that's exactly how we want you guys to be used, right? Um, right? We want the customer to not feel like they have to pay, you know, pay a dime every time they want to talk to somebody. We are encouraging customers to go back and get, you know, more value every time they talk to you, um, so that at the end of the year, when they renew the resource, they'd be like, "Yeah, totally, I like Dave and I really want to keep him around." Um, right. It would be a totally different relationship if they were like, you know, dropping down a bunch of money, um, you know, on like a bucket of on a bucket of support hours or something like that.
2: Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And, and the, the, the problem with that method is then they become stingy with how they use those support hours. Right. And Mm -hmm. they're not engaging you on all of, all of their discussions because Mm -hmm. they're waiting for just the right opportunity to spend those, spend those hours. Right, right, right. They treat it like insurance
1: instead. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're that, we're, we're that warm blanket or, um, as some people like to call us that one throat to choke. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, when things are on fire. But uh, you know, we're we're really here to be more proactive than reactive. Uh mm-hmm. you know, we'd we'd rather be helping you on on the interesting things
0: on the front end than, you know, chasing down issues on the back end. There are a lot of times like other companies will have quote unquote TAMs, but they're almost like pre-sales engineering resources that get thrown in for strategic deals and they're less technical than, than you guys are. Um, yep. But I, I've seen, too, where, um, from my personal experience, I, I think the best customer experience that uh, I've had with working with uh, Red Hat customers was when I was an account SA and uh, covering a particular customer where we had um, consultants on the street, like in, like in, the, in the customer account on-site, uh, plus me as a solutions architect, uh, plus uh, a TAM. Um, and then the TAM would would go through and, and drive the strategy. But what was interesting there is that instead of having just a solutions architect that is talking about you know the new things that are coming that may be of interest for a customer to buy, um, you you have the consultant that is doing the implementation on site. You have the TAM that is uh, looking at the the big picture of of not just strategy and or looking at the strategy, but also the, the existing install base, but then you have the SA as well, who is, is, uh, you know, so having it all tied together, I think is a really nice combination because it, like, if you don't have all three of those pieces, it's, to me, it's not as, as complete as it could be.
2: Yeah. One, you know, 100% agreed. You know, uh, I, have worked in, in a similar, uh, environment to what you're describing. And, um, you know, you really set yourself up for success when you have, you know the the consult when consulting tam and the SA are all on the same page all working together
0: um because we all have our own unique parts to play okay so dave i w- uh, you know one of the things that we wanted to get back to is was how did you what was your story to, of how you got to red hat
2: so yeah um you know, it's it's an interesting, it's kind of a funny story. Um, you know, IT was uh, certainly not my first chosen career path. Um, you know, when I was in high school, uh, my first job I got was working at a restaurant, and uh, you, you know that really kind of tickled my fancy. I I enjoyed cooking, and and uh, uh, dare I say, I'm actually pretty pretty good at it, right? Um, you know, a fellow Tam of mine, uh, Tam colleague of mine, Jamie Duncan, you know, he lives 20 minutes away from me. He has had my cooking. He can confirm. Um, but, uh, so I, I started working in the restaurant and working my way up, you know, um, enjoying what I was doing. And, uh, after I graduated high school, uh, you know, to supplement my income, you know, computers was a hobby of mine. And I took a job, you know, part-time during the day doing some it work and then working at the restaurant at night. And, um, you know, then my friends started actually doing things, you know, calling me up hey, on Friday night. Hey, you know, we're going out this Friday. You want you want to come with us? And, you know, when you work in a kitchen, you know, Friday after Friday nights, Saturday nights just doesn't happen. Right. You yeah, know, call the, me, call me to
1: curse of that kind of job. Right. Is, uh, that, that's you know, exactly. all, all that's your fun, time. all your fun happens after closing, you know, from 2am to 6am. That's, that's, that's fun time. Right. <laughs>
2: that's, that's exactly right. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, call me Tuesday afternoon and then we'll talk. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I sat down and thought about it long and hard and, and, you know, said to myself, I can either keep cooking, and, and do it as a profession or have nights, weekends, holidays, paid vacation, insurance, sick time, you know. So I chose to go into IT as a profession. I, I figured I can always cook as a hobby. You know, cooking is easy enough as a hobby, right? Um, so, you know, I spent, I spent the next, you know, quite a few years just working my way up through, uh, you know, IT as a career. Until um, almost almost three years ago, uh, I get a call from from Jamie Duncan because he and I had worked together at a at a at another establishment prior. Uh, You know, he called me up and was like, hey, would you be interested in working for Red Hat? And um, yeah, I was putting my resignation letter together as quickly as I humanly could.
1: That's like a, that's so common, a story, like you talk to any Red Hatter and they were like, oh, I was doing this other thing that I was totally happy with. And then somebody said that there was an opening at Red Hat and I dropped everything and, you know, resigned on the spot and walked out the door. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> right. It's, really, it's right. really, nice. Yeah.
2: Well, I, you, you know, it's one of those things where I, I had been working with Red Hat products for quite a few years and, you know, it was, it was that chance to work for the mothership. Right. So. I mean I couldn't I couldn't pass it up it's just it's just been an interesting it's been an interesting ride uh, you know I can remember my first foray into Linux you know um, I was hanging out with some other friends of mine who were who who, who were you know geeks and nerds like myself and uh, they were talking about this Linux thing and I was like hey you now tell me a little bit more about this Linux thing well they disappear and come back about you know 15 minutes later with a stack of disks and a computer. He said, here's Slackware. Have fun. <laughs> Floppy disk, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, so that, and, and thus began the, uh, the rabbit hole that has been uh, Linux for me.
0: Yeah. So what, what do you like to cook? Um, what, what's your favorite thing to cook? And, and eat, for that matter. Are they the same thing?
2: I, I love to cook and eat anything, right? It, it, I'm, not, I'm not a picky man. Uh, I, I cook to make people happy. Um, That's why I cook, because almost nothing makes people, people happier than food, or especially Linux. well-prepared food. Or Linux, right. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, well, it, it hey, they're crafted in much the same way. It's just a bunch of mad scientists in a kitchen putting stuff together to see if it tastes right. You know, what I'm most known for is my baking, you know, cookies, pies, breads, et
1: cetera. Uh, people love it. Um, and I love to do it, so... That's nice. great. Now, which which remind me which office you're in? I want to make sure I can. Uh, the,
2: so the you office. can you can find me in the Richmond office anytime. <laughs> okay. Just let me let me know you're coming down. I'll be I'll be happy to swing in and uh and ply you with cookies and banana bread and you know you name it.
1: Nice. Sold. Nice. That's great. That's great. All right, interview's over. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> you gotta <laughs> some flights, <plates>. right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So speaking of of specialization. Um, yeah what i know one of the things that with the tam organization you guys do have specialties and um you know part of them is like you specialize as far as uh who your customers are uh so that way you're not like assigned to a bunch of random accounts if possible but then the other side of it is do do you guys have specializations on uh particular technologies
2: so yeah uh you know a a lot of us you know really have our wheelhouse right um and and it, it is usually predicated on who our customers are. You know, if you're, if you have customers who are really heavy storage users, you're probably gonna become a storage expert pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so myself, you know, I, I'm part of our uh, public sector team um, in the strategic customer engagement public sector team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I've had the privilege of um you know kind of becoming an an sme in you know security in in general um but you know when it you know identity management and um you know security vulnerability uh, assessment is kind of my my, my wheelhouse.
1: Oh, great. That's a, that's a really nice segue into my, my next question, which was DE and I have talked on the show previously about, uh, CVE numbers and IAVAs and all these kinds of ways of identifying, uh, security vulnerabilities. Um, and there's even some tools on the customer portal that, uh, can match up the CVEs to the IAVA numbers. Um, and you had some hand in that, I think. So would you mind explaining, uh, first of all, what a CVE number is, and then an IAVA number, and then kind of what what these tools do and why they're why they're important.
2: You know, we'll we'll break it down into its component pieces. Uh, you know, the CVE is what what is issued by MITRE uh, whenever there's a vulnerability that's uh, that's become found, right? So so just about every vulnerability gets it gets itself a, a CVE a CVE number, and IAVA. Is it's a DoD specific. Uh, it's essentially a collection of CVEs that are similar. So, you know, you'll you'll get an IAVA that addresses a a number of CVEs for say MySQL, right, or or something like that. That's used to be able to kind of keep track of those those types of things. The tools at, at you know on Red Hat support site, uh, you know, it's actually kind of funny. It, me and another individual within Red Hat kind of were working in parallel on a solution to the same problem. Um, his turned into the lab that's currently on uh, the Red Hats customer portal. and mine is uh, currently uh, only uh, command line based and um, is available up on GitHub, you know if anybody wants to contribute.
1: <laughs> that's great, i like the uh I like red Hat's commitment to customer satisfaction in the security realm is so deep uh that we actually had two people simultaneously working on two different solutions to the same problem that's great <laughs>
0: that's yeah great. and, and <laughs> com- compare that to years ago, Gunnar, when you know we were banging our shoes on the desk getting people to pay attention to this where yeah um we've come a long way totally. a, as a company yeah. that's great. Yeah,
2: and and you know it's it's one of those things where you know we've certainly seen an uptick in um, you know on this on the support side of the house. You know we've certainly seen an uptick with interest in um, you know iavas. Mm-hmm. You know our customers are starting to open up support cases with regards to CVEs associated with iavas, and that's great. Um, you know, but inside, inside of our support infrastructure, there wasn't a whole lot of insight into what an IAVA was. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this work went, went into helping, you know, kind of demystify the whole, the whole process. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to give everybody that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get a little buzzwordy here, give, give, give everybody that holistic view into the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because at heart, that's what it is. It's, it's a bug in a product and whether we call it a CVE or an IAVA, or whatever, we need to be able to speak a, a common language. And that's what these tools are there for.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me a little bit about that. So how you write these tools, right? Um, it's, I mean, n- maybe not too much detail, right? Cause it's talking about writing in Python is boring, but, um, the, maybe like, like, how does it... it, it from what I understand, you guys so, have an environment set up for for doing exactly these kinds of like, oh, a customer needs this kind of a tool, so I'm a support guy and I want to help them out. So let me really quickly build this this tool that will uh, that will help them out.
2: We're we're really kind of encouraged, at, at least, you know, some of us. It 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 depends on you know where you're working, what your workload is, but you know we're encouraged to work on the things that interest us as well. Um, you know, and this this was something that that interested me. So, you know, through your site, you know, I found um, the the uh, was that a, technolo- a technology job is no excuse, right? <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Uh, the, the, the original the, home of dgshow.org. Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs>
2: um, you know, I found the I found the original links to um, you know disas uh, CVE to I have uh, it a CVE um you know spreadsheet and XML feed. And that's where I started my hunt, right? So um, you know, I, I attacked it from an IAVA standpoint. So the initial iteration was, you know, plug in an IAVA number, it would query the XML feed, pull all of the information from that, and then query our CVE database and pull all the information from that. And you know, every CVE we have in our database has a Bugzilla associated with it. So, I also leveraged the Bugzilla API to pull all the pertinent information from the Bugzilla and put that all in one easily consumable piece of data uh, for people to be able to look at to know what the status is at, a, at you know
1: at your fingertips. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so now a, a guy in the DoD, he gets a, he gets this IAVM from somebody. Um, he can just go to the Red Hat website, type in the IAVM number, and he gets like a total dump of like, here's all the CVEs involved. Here's all the, here's all the patches that you need to apply. Um, and it's all kind of like in one handy bundle. It's just, it's an amazing tool. It's, uh, and That's like, your it, yep. And like Dave said, uh, a huge, a very far cry from uh, the way we used to do this, uh, which was Dave and I marching down to Raleigh and banging our shoes on desks uh, until stuff right. got fixed. So that was great. It was awesome. It was awesome.
2: Yeah. And 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 actually, you, we mentioned uh, specialty-based routing earlier. We do have a, a group uh, in the support infra- infrastructure who is now solely dedicated to working on security vulnerabilities. And we work directly with the
0: product product security team. That's awesome. You know, especially I'm sure it it adds a degree of confidence for the, the people answering the phone, but as well as the customers, it, it's like uh, you don't want like a DOD person to call up and then say IEVA and then get like a blank stare in return.
2: <laughs> right. Exact. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that, that's been that's been one of my uh, things that I've been trying to do is trying to help make sure that people are as educated as possible to the unique issues
0: uh, around dealing with IAs. I think this is very different from the support end of it compared to the product end of it. Is that the product people aren't on the spot like you guys are. When you know, right. somebody calls a hotline and they start talking Ivas and you feel stupid because um, you don't know, um, you know you're going to be embarrassed enough to want to, okay, well, I don't want this to happen to me again. So you have a vested interest in, in learning yourself and also teaching everybody else, uh, unlike on a product side where you know, there's a little bit more of a buffer between the, uh, the product folks and the end customer.
2: You know now. Now this doesn't this doesn't do a whole lot to help mitigate. You know the fact that we're going to get Cat One IAVAs. You know, which is the highest criticality IAVA, right? Mm -hmm. Um, With you know twenty CVEs in it. One of them is a critical impact. The other nineteen are low impact. Well, all of those CVEs fall within the same you know remediation schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it doesn't it doesn't help our response with well, this low impact CVE, you know, we're not going to address this right away, but you know, it gets us down the right path. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, no that's a, that's a great point. The, um, because like when it, the, the reason why we're talking about AVA so much is because they are such a big deal. like once an Ava comes down, uh, the clock starts ticking right and the customer's got like 90 days yep. I think to resolve it. Um, and they well, have it to— re-
2: depend, it depends on the criticality.
1: Oh right right, right, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah. And like you say, like if you have like a mix of CVEs, um, you know uh, we, we always patch the critical stuff. Um, but the, like the low impact stuff, you know, it may take us longer to, to get around to, to solving. Um, and that ends up dragging out. Um, it, I'm not being articulate about this, but it's, I have complicated, this is the moral of the story. They really are.
0: <laughs> yeah. I- Absolutely.
2: And, and not, not, not to mention the fact that the process in place for the POAM process, the plan mm-hmm. of action and milestones, it's become, it's become tougher. It's, you know, I'm starting to notice a trend where it, it used to be, yeah, they know about it. They're working on it. We don't have an ETA was good enough. Now they're looking for specificity, you know, with ETAs, mm-hmm. you know, when is, when is this patch going to be made available? And we don't know is, uh, you know, quickly becoming a, a, uh, not, not not a suitable answer. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it, I think it's definitely true. I'm feeling the same thing is, is like the DoD customers, especially are taking security a lot more seriously than they had been in the past. Um, and asking, asking for stuff like ETAs on patches and things like that. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I agree.
0: So Dave, you know a lot more about, uh, you're you're more than just IAs and CVs, right? You're you're I would say internally are are you're like world famous in terms of being a, a ninja at a certificate system and directory server, right?
2: Yeah. Um you know, you can you can just blank cover that with uh, identity management.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I, I run the gamut between um, you know, IDM, you know, how SSSD plays into everything, directory server. Um, Pam, smart system, yeah. PKI, smart cards, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm going to sound wonky here for a second. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I, re- I really do enjoy it.
0: Well, one of the things that I really, you know, like, we've had Directory Server around for a while, and uh, sure. now the whole uh, the free IPA identity management stuff is just so exciting. Every every time a new version comes out, um, what are your thoughts about uh, the, with identity management uh, as a offering? So I really, really
2: like identity management as an offering. Not only do you have your identity management, you have your identity assurance and your access control all in the same box. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this same box can also do be your Kerberos domain. It can house your DNS zones. Um, it can be your CA um, on a, on a uh, fairly fundamental level. Right. Um, you know, because it's got it's got a CA built into it. Um, you know, so I think I, I really, really like it. And, you know, some of the some of the things that are coming down the pipe it, it are very interesting, uh, like, um, you know, cross domain trusts. Right. That's going to be that's going to be a huge that's going to be a huge thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know,
1: in my opinion. And so, the, and so that's like is- so for, the, so for those of you who who, who don't who don't grok uh, the identity management space uh, quite as quite as well as we do, it's the like basically this is Active Directory. Um, it's just like the Microsoft Active Directory, but it's for Linux, right? It's for for Red Hat systems. Yep. Um, so it keeps track of the users, keeps tracks of what the users are allowed to do, keeps tracks of the machines, what the machines yeah. are allowed to do, um, and then cross domain trust, At least the headline for me is um, being able to talk to Active Directory. Um, and vice versa so that, um, the Linux guys can have a server of their own and the windows guys can have a server of their own, but they don't have to have like, keep two separate parallel copies of like who all the users are and and all the rest of it.
2: Exactly. So, and that's exactly right. You know, because right now you can do that. The Linux guys can have their own box and the AD guys can have their own box. Windows guys can have their own box. But, you know, right now you have to run, you know, a daemon on, on your AD box, you know, your, uh, win sync and pass sync to be able to, uh, make sure that the user base stays synchronized between the two, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, the cross domain trusts, uh, should, should be able to help mitigate that. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. It's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so did David, do you have a, do you have a favorite um, ID management installation or like customer story? Like, is there a, like a really goofy call or a, like a really goofy in, um, implementation that you were involved in? One thing that's near
2: and dear to my heart, uh, you know, we've had uh, actually a couple customers come to us asking about CAC enable um, IDM, right? Uh, to be able to bounce your, your uh, CAC authentication off of IDM. And that was a very interesting use case, and started a whole lot of conversations.
1: Oh, that's really that's really cool, actually. So, for those for yeah. for those not familiar, so the CAC is the DoD's smart card, right? Um, and it's very similar to the to the PIV cards that the civilian guys have now. Um, so every civilian uh, government employee has these like has these smart cards that has their credentials on them, and they can use them to like open up their email and, and stuff like that. And um, although, you know, historically, they haven't really been, um, what's the word, pervasive, right? It's like you can use the card to, like, flash at the security guard when you walk in the door and maybe to check your email. But um, just recently, they've started using these smart cards to uh, do access control on on applications. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, with the, so, but tell me, Dave, why would they... You could just use the smart card to like authenticate to an Active Directory server, right? So what what what, what would be special about authenticating to IDM?
2: To, to keep you from having to have that other disparate source of authentication. Mm. So um, the, way, the way I see the use case is you're using your smart card to authenticate against IDM. And what IDM provides back is all of the bells and whistles that IDM has built in. You know, your you know, it, it'll provide the sudoers rules. It'll provide, you know, your auto mounts, your host base access control and all of those things.
1: You know, working yeah. in uh, support, I mean, engagement, but um, so was it was engagement. And what was the other E for engagement and uh,
2: experience? So experience. customers, ex- customer so experience. customer
1: experiencing.
2: Uh, yeah. And then the SCE, which is the strategic customer engagement.
1: Right. So, the, yeah. so, so, Uh, when you're dealing with customer experiences, customer experiences are not uniformly excellent, right? Uh, Sometimes you have... uh non-excellent customer experiences right so can you do what is it like to so most of the you know like dave and i work in the field and when we talk to a customer um if they really don't like us like they just don't take the call right um like they just don't they just don't show up to the meeting um it's rare that we have somebody actually like yelling at us um i suspect that you have people yelling at you a little bit more frequently so can you give give us some hints to like how 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 do you deal with an irate customer or somebody who's like really frustrated
2: yeah um you just let them be frustrated. You let them be mad and you solve their problem. Right. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. Um, You know, I'm, I'm not in the business of, um, you know, diminishing somebody's opinion. Right. Uh, And, and how they feel, they feel the way they feel for a reason. Uh, It's my job to fix that. (laughs) And the way I fix that is just doing the best job I can, getting them the support that they need um you know i find you know i i have rapidly become uh, I, I i guess you, i guess you could call me the cooler uh <laughs> you, you know <laughs> on, on my team where you know I'll, I'll get calls it's like hey we've got this one case you know it's it's not any of the customers that i support but they're like we've got this guy he's really mad it's it's kind of in your wheelhouse can you you know help out on this case mm-hmm. and you know it's it's amazing how oftentimes you know you you call you call somebody up and 10 minutes of conversation they're better mm-hmm. right um so it's just it's just letting them know that you you know you, oftentimes you understand why they feel the way they feel you let them know i understand now let's fix it you know let's figure out how we can get past this and get you what you need mm-hmm. um and that has i'm batting a thousand with that so far so uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it until it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I mean that, that's the yeah, that's the heart of it, right? Is is people are if people are upset, um it seems like more often than not they just want to be acknowledged. As being upset, right? Yep. Um, instead of being told like, "Oh, well, this is actually your fault," and "Oh, I'm going to throw you know twelve steps of jargon down your throat," you know, to to keep you busy while I go and figure out the real problem. Yeah, um,
0: give me a log. Uh, yeah, go, go give me a log, and then you reset the SLA clock. And, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah. that's right. That's right. Right.
0: Yeah. Run this command. Tell me what what it says. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> and, you know, one one of the other things, and I can't I can't stress this enough. One of the other things that I find that really helps out. Is, you know, when you, you know, when I step in on a case that's, you know, 120 comments in, right? Mm -hmm. That's a, for for those who don't know, that is a long case, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, something that's 120 comments in is just reiterate, reiterate the problem as it stands now and ask them to confirm that that is the problem. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they are so happy that you actually acknowledge that you understand what the current problem is. Mm-hmm. And you can move forward from there,
1: yeah. right? Right, because your instinct is to go in and say, "Like, well, tell me about what's going on," and they're going to be like, "I'm not telling you anything. Go and read the 120 comments on the support ticket, right?" Um, and so, right. Like just showing it's actually it's actually just a matter of like showing them a little bit of respect, right? That's actually what it, it seems like it yeah. comes it down to, right?
2: It's like I've done my due diligence when I've stepped in here. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I'm I'm I'm
2: trying to come at you from a from an even field. Mm-hmm. Um, let's work together. Mm-hmm.
1: It's I mean it, it actually sounds like you're kind of half therapist, half technologist, right? When you're, when you're dealing with some of these problems,
2: sometimes, sometimes you kind of got to be, you, you really, you really kind of have to be, mm-hmm.
1: um,
2: you know, and, and a lot of times you, 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 are you're, you're ha- half therapist, half technologist, half psychic. <laughs> Cause sometimes, sometimes you have to tease out the, the, the root of what's actually going on. Yeah. Right. You know, and and you you get to a point where you can you can kind of get a feel that I'm not getting the whole picture here, you know, That's, and you kind of have okay. to figure that out.
1: Yeah, uh, so it, th- that makes me think of um, I've, I've heard the kind of support folklore Um, or kind of like tricks in support that they'll use uh, to get a customer to kind of do the right thing. So like um, the the example I'm thinking of right now is uh, asking the customer to unplug the thing and plug it back in again. And the reason why you ask them to do it is not because you want to reboot the machine. It's that you want to make sure it's plugged in in the first place, right? Um, And if you say... Hey, can you would you check and make sure that it's plugged in? The customer's always going to be like, "Don't treat me like an idiot. Of course it's plugged in." But if you ask them to actually yeah. unplug it and plug it back in, they can go ahead and do the right thing and not lose any face when, you know, when 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 they oh, find yeah. out that they were doing the wrong thing. Do you have like tricks like that that you use with customers um to kind of like Jedi mind trick them into uh into doing the right thing?
2: Yeah, so I won't I I'll stop short of calling them tricks cuz I'm
1: not <laughs> trying to trick anybody, right? Right, right,
2: right. Um, but uh no, um you know, one of the th- one of the things that I find uh, is is most successful for me is leading somebody to a conclusion and have them feel some sort of ownership over the decision. Mm-hmm. So uh, almost as it um, almost help them feel like they made the decision that it was their idea mm-hmm. uh, to head in, to head in a certain direction, right? Um, because then there's ownership over it. Uh, you know, they, 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 they feel accountability towards that, towards that goal. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if you're just barking orders at them, telling them, Hey, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you know, sometimes they tune out.
1: Um, right. And then it's your your fault when, if it doesn't go properly, right? Exactly. Yeah.
2: So, you know, and, and that's, that's just done by making the case, right? Mm Um, You know, you start, you can't just give them the solution. You have to give them the steps that got you to that solution. And then they get buy-in. And internally, as long as they understand the technology um, and you help them understand it, they then get some kind of ownership over it and and the accountability. Mm -hmm. And in the same token, you're teaching a man to fish. You're giving him a little bit more information than he had a half hour ago. Right. right so so hopefully that's going to help prevent another case being opened you know a month down the road so you
0: have the different roles as far as like if somebody wanted to work for red hat and they wanted to be a consultant or a tam or work in frontline support or go into engineering or be a solutions architect what, what are some of the qualities of a tam that uh that you think would be you know that you have to have to be successful compared to the other roles
2: um, chronic problem solver. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, when I see when I see a problem in this, I can thank my father for this. You know, he was a carpenter his entire life from the minute he could swing a hammer. Um, and he was all about hard work. And one of the things that that he would always tell us was, you know, th- there's no such thing as it's not my job. And you see, you see something that's broken, fix it. You see something that's not right, fix it. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. And that's that's one of those things that you really need. You 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 almost need to have that mentality, Um, you you know, because you get faced with a lot of really interesting, really strange problems on a day to day basis. And you know, if if you're only going to see it halfway through and be like, "Eh," you know it's close enough. I'm just going to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you need, you need to have this, this desire to see it to the end mm-hmm. and see it fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'd say that that's probably one of the biggest things that biggest things that you need and good communication skills. Uh, you know, I know that's, you know, sometimes that's a little, uh, cliche, mm-hmm. but you know, to be able to communicate clearly and succinctly is uh, is is very important, uh, especially when you're dealing with very technical, very complicated things
0: it, or very angry people, too. Um, or.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because,
2: you know, you can say you, you can say the wrong thing once and that's it. Oh, yeah, uh, that's... oh,
1: Dave. Uh, so last question. Uh, V.I. or Emacs. Uh, Vim, please. Attaboy. boy. And thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well well thanks for being on the show Dave. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. So so Dave, if people wanted to um learn more about uh what a TAM is and and get the links to the labs and all that um and and to learn about uh, the directory server and certificate system identity management um and get links to where where you live in the the Twitter Twitterverse. Um I think we'll also put a link to your Instagram uh uh, account showing some of the things you baked uh where, where should we send them
2: uh i i believe that would be the uh the dg org. yeah unless unless you unless you register ddg show or uh gd squared show <laughs> either one will work
1: <laughs> the dg2 dd2g D show.org <laughs> right that's right right yeah. Great. Well, thanks Thanks for spending the time with us, Dave. We really, we really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on.
1: All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.